to a brand new chilling episode of Talkin' Shiz. I am the background dancer and a thriller video CJ. And since we are talking about some thriller, it'd be a thrill for you to go ahead and stop at my pod page. That is podpage.com slash Talkin' Shiz and slice that subscribe button. And since we're talking about subscribing, go ahead and subscribe to the Twitter page. And that's Talkin' underscore Shiz. Also, Go to Instagram, that's talking underscore shiz. Go ahead and go to buymeacoffee.com and support the show. And that's talking shiz as well. And don't forget about Teespring. You pick up that talking shiz merchandise as well. You know, it's hard to believe that this month has went by. Next week will be Halloween. This month flew by faster than a man with diarrhea. I have no clue where I was going with that, but it's there. So now it's in your head. And I know you're probably thinking, CJ, tell us the history of Halloween in America. Well, I will tell you, random listener. During the early days, the Halloween festivities and customs seems odd to Americans. Now, as the time passed, it became known as a rough holiday where people would play pranks on each other and act irresponsibly. But that's never went away, though. I mean, that's still here. But in the 1920s, companies and financial institutions started promoting Halloween, and this is where they commercialized Halloween. I love a good history lesson, you know. And you just learned about Halloween. You know, every time you learn something, it puts a wrinkle in your brain. I now have four. I'm excited. Now, I am a true believer in the supernatural, the paranormal, ghost stories. Well, real ghost stories anyway. And it's not just because it's Halloween either. I believe in this all year long. Do I get scared of this? Not really. I mean, it does creep me out. I mean, you do get the goosebumps and you do feel like someone's watching you or someone's behind you or you can hear breathing. It doesn't really terrify me. It does give me a little fear, but it's more of a rush for me. But it just depends on the story. And it has to be something that's real, something that's true, not something that's non-fictional. Because anybody can make up a ghost story and make it sound real and make it sound scary. The stories that I crave are the real, for real, ghost stories uh, for real haunting. Where there is evidence backing it up. Everything's been debunked. It wasn't the wind. It wasn't some dog farting in the hallway. It was a real, real life experience. There was definitely something or someone standing in that corner and it vanished through a wall. Those are the type of stories I want. Those are the stories that I crave. There's videotape evidence. There's recordings. You can hear, you know, the ghost sounds. And not none of that. I love you. Did you hear that? I thought he said he loved me. I don't want someone guessing that this ghost is trying to say this or that. Because I hate that. It makes me mad. Because if you say that, oh, I heard I farted on a balloon, you're going to hear that. And after all that evidence is examined to show that it's not fake, those are the stories I like. I want to see that someone has investigated. They looked at the pictures. They looked at the videotape. And they're like, you know what? This is not fake. This is real life. This is this happened. This is for real happen happen. That's what I like. That what kind of gets my curiosity started. Check out this spooky story that I found on AmericanFolklore.net. This story is called Piece by Piece, a New York ghost story. There once was a crazy ghost over at Pupsky Way that got folks so plumb scared that nobody would ever stay in that home more than one night. It was a nice old place, or it was, until a ghost began making its presence known. 
It got so bad that no one would enter the house, not even kids on a dare. When my friend Joe heard about this fancy house going up for sale for dirt cheap, he decided to give it a look. He asked me about it, and I told him all the spooky stories and all the creepy things that happened, but Joe just laughed at me. He said, I don't believe in ghosts. So Joe decided to visit the agent who was selling the house. The agent gave Joe a key, but he refused to look at the old house with him. Now, this should have been a red flag for Joe, but Joe was a stubborn man and he would not listen to reason. And just to prove everybody wrong, Joe decided that he would visit this house at 9 o'clock at night. Joe opened the door and he stood in the front hallway. As Joe looked around, he could tell that the house was very neglected due to the creepy cobwebs and dust everywhere. Then he heard a thump from the top of the staircase facing him. A glowing leg appeared out of nowhere, rode down the stairs, and it landed right at his feet. Joe gasped out loud. He stood frozen in one spot. Then all of a sudden, an arm appeared and rode down to meet the leg. Next came a foot, and then another arm, and then a hand. There was glowing pieces of bodies just kept popping up into existence. Joe held his ground for a lot longer than anyone else would ever have. But when he heard the screaming head appear at the top of the steps and start rolling towards him, Joe had had enough. Then Joe screamed, and he ran out of the house for his life, out to the street, right out of town, leaving his car behind him. He called me the next day and asked me to drive him to his car from the hotel where he spent the night. Joe decided to head back to Manhattan and never, ever visit that house ever again. The agent eventually gave up trying to sell the house. The house fell into ruin, and they eventually tore it down. You know, someone should have told Joe, look, it's not a time to fall to pieces, man. You got to get your head together. Get back in the game. Own that house. You tell that ghost who's boss. You know, what really happened was there was a rager in there and a lot of folks had glow sticks and Joe couldn't hear the (coughs) because he got scared because he saw the, the glow sticks coming at him. He got scared. That's what happened. Now, me personally, I do believe in ghosts because I've had encounters of my own and that I've shared with you guys. And luckily, it was nothing too terrifying like you heard, I'm going to eat your soul. Nothing like that. The experiences that I had was kind of like bumps in the night, certain weird sounds, things falling off of the counters. Those are the things that I'm talking about. But before I go jump and go, oh, my house is haunted, I want to debunk it first. I want to prove that what I heard is not what my mind is saying what I heard. You know for a fact your brain plays tricks on you. If someone tells you that there was a man standing outside your house and there's a shadow, your mind will start to worry because that's how your mind is. You start to be frantic and you're going to start to see shit that's not really there. I want to make sure I'm going to debunk this first. If you ever go back to listen to previous episodes, you know I have talked about my paranormal experiences. You may have heard that I have mentioned Waverly Hills Sanatorium or Sanitarium. And yes, I have been there, and I had some paranormal experiences there. And I've talked about this before, but I can say that this place is really haunted. And I know this is a lame excuse, but I used to have some ghost pictures, but due to unforeseen circumstances, my laptop that I had all of my great pictures stored on crashed. So I lost all my great pictures. It broke my heart. I remember I had this one picture, and it was a picture of a lady, and she was standing next to this doorway. Her head was lifted up, only half her body was showing, and her eyes were sucking in, her mouth was open, and it looked like she was in pain. 
The second picture I will never forget, because when I saw it, it scared the shit out of me, because I didn't see it at first, was this little boy that was peeking around this door frame, and you only saw half his face, and he was smiling. I will never forget that. But that was one of the best experiences I had. It was fun. I know people are like, I know you're thinking, CJ, what's wrong with you? You're going into this place that's the most haunted place in America. What is wrong with you? Well, nothing, nothing. It was just, it was a, it was a one in a lifetime chance, apparently, because I can't find anybody to go there with me again. If you have not heard about Waverly Hills Sanitarium in Louisville, Kentucky, this was the first TB hospital in America. It sat on top of a hill in Louisville, Kentucky and was built in 1910. And what it did was it treated folks with TB. Now, during that time period, as you know, there was no cure for the TB. And so people just sat there just sick. In that time period, over the years, 60,000 patients died. Now think about that. 60,000 people died at this hospital. People were dying every hour. In this hospital, they have this food tunnel. And what they did was they built this tunnel and they used a tracking system and pulled pulled the food up on a cart. And since the death rate was going up every hour there was a patient dying, they had to use this food chute as a body chute. And so they would take the bodies, lay them on the cart, and wheel them all the way down to the bottom so they can be put in the hearse. Also, it kept the other patients from not seeing all these bodies that was being carried out every hour. So fast forward in the 1960s, this became a geriatric hospital until the 1980s. And there's a lot of spooky stories going on based on the patients that were mistreated. There was even claims of radical treatment, such as electric shock therapy that was used. Also, there was a gentleman in a wheelchair that was on the fifth floor, took his wheelchair, rode it right off the roof, and splat, there he goes. There was also a story of a nurse who hung herself at room 502, and rumor has it that she was pregnant, and at the bottom of the hospital, around the food chute, body chute, whatever you want to call that, there was a dead fetus there. And on top of the roof of the fifth floor, they actually have a playground, and kids that had TB would go up there and play. There was another nurse who killed herself from the fifth floor, jumping right off the roof. So there's a lot of history in this hospital. And you probably already guessed it that they closed the doors. Now, there's been some wanderers and some thrill seekers and ghost hunters that's visited this place before it got reopened to the public by the new owners. When you look inside of it now, there's graffiti everywhere, broken glass, broken fixtures. I mean, these people who went in there prior to the new owners just tore the place up. I met the owners, the new owners uh, of Waverly Hills they're nice people they're great people so they do charge folks to go in to explore but they're taking that money and they're actually re refurbishing some parts of the hospital now the thrill seekers and ghost hunters who did find their way into this hospital they have reported strange noises slamming doors hearing footsteps shadow people screaming of patients they've also reported echoes along the death tunnel or body chute now i can actually report of the strange noises because of an incident that happened to me while I was investigating, I like to say, of Waverly Hills. And we were sitting there videotaping, and all of a sudden, I heard a crash. And I looked to my right, and there was a 2x4 that was laying on the ground. So whatever that was pushed that over and wanted to get my attention. I know what you're thinking. Oh, well, it was the wind. Well, this room had no windows. It was just there, and apparently it was laying against the wall, and it just fell over. I found this one story out of the Houston News, KPRC2, and it was called The Haunted Doll. 
Now, when you probably think of a haunted doll, you're probably thinking one of those old, creepy-looking Victorian uh, porcelain-type dolls. But no, this is not what you're thinking it is. This was actually a frozen Elsa doll that was a gift in 2013. And it actually made headlines. It says that the doll recited phrases from the movie Frozen and sang Let It Go. It's probably why it was haunted because it got tired of singing that song. And they wanted everybody to let it go. Please, just let me go. Tired of singing this song. Emily Mondagna said for two years it did that in English. And in 2015, it decided it was going to change it up a bit and start alternating between Spanish and English. And she said there was no button on this doll to actually change it between English to Spanish. It was just random when it did it. The family has owned this doll for more than six years and never changed its batteries. Now that's creepy. Going around going, let it go, let it go. I'm going to eat your soul. I'm sorry, what was that? Let it go. Okay, Elsa, you got, you got to get out. Nope, not today, you creepy ass thing. I'll be throwing that doll out. As soon as it be acting weird, it's out. See no child's play, Chucky ass. In December of 2019, they decided to throw this doll out. Hold up. It took you six years to decide, huh, this haunted ass doll, this creepy ass dog, singing whatever the hell I want to do, and you decided, well, you know, it's been six years. We had a good run. Let's throw it out. Seriously? As soon as that thing be acting crazy, I'm taking that right back to Walmart. I would take it back and have somebody else family have it. And I would just tell Walmart, hey, this motherfucker's on it. That's exactly what I'll tell Walmart. Please give me my money back. I, you know what? I would take the gift card. That shit's haunted. I don't want it. And I'm sure Walmart probably gets some kickback, but I mean, like, hey, look, just sit it right here. Just watch it. I'm telling you, it's watching you with its eyes. It's haunted. I'll take the gift card. I don't care. If it's on clearance, I would take 10 bucks. Just whatever the hell. Just get it away. Weeks later, after they threw it out, they found it inside of a bench in their living room. Emily said that her kids insisted that they did not put that doll in there, and I believed them because they wouldn't have dug through the garbage outside just to put this doll back in the house. At that point, Elsa decided that she was not going to sing Let It Go in English no more. It was going to be strictly Spanish. So the family decided they were going to double bag this doll and place it at the bottom of their garbage can. And since it was garbage day, the city picked up their garbage. Now, shortly after it returned, Elsa came back and was waiting in the backyard of their home. All right, it's time to go flamethrow it, barbecue it. I mean, come on. Simple. You over trying to throw it away, you could have lit that shit on fire and be done with it. And hell, just for extra precaution, throw some holy water on that shit. There you go. So by this time, the family was freaked out. So they decided to mail it to a family friend in Minnesota who taped the haunted doll to the bumper of his truck. And so far, it has not made its way back home to the Houston home. (laughs) What? Are you kidding me? Hey, look, this is haunted. Can I mail it to you? Fuck no, you keep that shit in your house. Don't mail that shit to me. Well, you better hold on to your dookie because it's about to get spooky. Our next chilling tale is the boy with no eyes. One night, when I was 10 years old, I was woken up by my bedroom door opening and followed by someone sitting on my bed. I felt something brush against my leg and then it felt like someone literally sat on my bed. I know it was not my mom, but what I did find was an eyeless boy. He had black empty sockets, he was about my age and he was sitting at the foot of my bed. He extended his hand, and in his hand was a little box. I was startled, but reached out. 
He pulled back. I reached out again and said, give it. Then I blinked, and when I reopened my eyes, he was gone. But I can still see the imprint of where he sat on my bed. Now let's fast forward five years. My girlfriend came over to do homework. When we finished with our homework, my girlfriend at the time was tired and she wanted to take a nap while she waited for her parents. When they arrived, I tried waking her up. When she finally opened her eyes, she was looking at the corner of my room where the ceiling meets the wall. She pointed her finger at the wall and then fell right back to sleep. And so I shook her again trying to wake her up. Finally, after many failed attempts of trying to wake her up, she finally woke up. I explained to her what she'd done and the strange way she was acting. And she looked up at the wall and pointed and told me that there was a little boy that was over there in the corner staring at her and me. And it freaked her out. And I told her about my experience with the same boy many years ago. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you guys have a great day, afternoon, evening, wherever you are listening to me at. I do appreciate all you guys. And as a wise man once said, one, two, Freddy's coming for you. Three, four, better lock your door. Five, six, grab your crucifix. Seven, eight, gonna stay up late. Nine, ten, never sleep again. See you guys next week for a brand new episode of Talkin' Shiz.